Is it on? Welcome to the Shaunt Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. to another edition of the Shant Show. We come to you in the week leading up to Coastal Carolina, bringing the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss to Conway. They, uh, it's senior night. They bring in a team that is fine. I don't know. We talked about it before the podcast. They're, they're not good. They're not great. They're not terrible. They're just a middling Sunbelt team. They're a team that's going to give Coastal some headaches just because of the nature of that team. And the things that Coastal are going through. We learned this week that Grayson McCall, it, it's, I don't know who to believe. I trust our media people more than I trust ESPN just because it's a group of five team and they're not as well in tune with what's going on. ESPN said Grayson McCall's out indefinitely, most likely the end of the season. Um, but our guys put out three to six weeks, which means potentially back for Sunbelt Championship bowl game, You know, depending on what he decides to do with his future. That being said, how much of a factor is that going to be on Saturday, Josh? You know, we, we on this podcast, we love Bryce Carpenter, but you're losing probably the best group of five player in the country in Grayson McCall. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a big factor, but I don't know that it changes whether or not we can win this game. It definitely doesn't do that. But, I mean, it, it definitely, I think all, all signs of a potential blowout are, are sealing is just dropped immensely and the floor luckily I don't think the floor is bad as we can possibly play I don't think he goes that far down like Bryce Carpenter has been here for forever he was the starter before Grayson McCall like this guy knows the offense he stayed here for a reason they still give him playing time he's you can't say he's not battle tested he's a guy that we've been very praising of on the podcast he's a guy that I mean last week they regular second quarter or it was still the first quarter, he threw a beautiful touchdown to Xavier Gravette to take a 14-7 lead over App State. They put him in on their own in a big, the biggest game of the year, and he delivered. I mean, this is a guy we're very confident in him. I think it's a factor, but I'm not, I'm not worried about the quarterback position this week. I'm just not. Yeah, I would feel a little disappointed and a little bit scared and nervous if this was a guy that, was just coming in, hasn't gotten a lot of playing time, and didn't really know the system that well. But I can't say that for Bryce because, like you said, Josh, this guy's been here. He knows the system in and out. And he runs it just as good as Grace McCall. And then to speak on another quarterback we have, we also have Jerry Guest, who also is pretty good in the system as well. He's had his moments of shine, and he's also had his moments of doubt as well. But – I feel confident these two quarterbacks and what they can do and how they can, can deliver for this football team. Um, I'm not going to even sit here and say probably, Curtis, I'm going to sit here and say we did lose the best quarterback in all the group of five because this guy, Grace McCall, does it all. I mean, this is a guy we've we've talked about. You know, he's one of the main guys on this team. We go, we've, we've all said it before. He, we go as far as Grayson takes us. Like he's just that good of a quarterback, and that he's just that good of a game changer uh, for us. So for us not to have him for the next three to six weeks is going to be tough. You know, hopefully we can get him back before the 
Sun Belt Championship game. We only have to win one more conference game, and we're in. Um, I think that I have nothing but all the confidence, and I feel like Bryce Carpenter or Jared Guest, if they play both of them, I feel like we have nothing but two good quarterbacks that can come in and we try to win us these next three games and solidify a good spot for us to be in the Sun Belt Championship game. Um, but, yeah, I feel like, you know, Bryce Carpenter's got the keys now and Jerry Guest may get an opportunity to prove himself. But I feel confident that these two can do what they need to do to help us win. Yeah, and I say what I'm about to say with, you know, a little bit tongue-in-cheek. If we were playing App State, I'd be worried, right? But we're playing Southern Miss, and I know we've overlooked a lot of opponents this season. Hell, we beat Garner-Webb by a touchdown. However, I feel I'm in the exact same way with you guys. If this was some new guy, a true freshman coming in off the street that had no experience and didn't know anything, yeah, I'd have a lot more concern. But this is Bryce Carpenter. This is a guy that, like you said, Josh, they find ways to get him on the field. He's on the punt return team just because they know he's such a good athlete and they need to get him on the field. He came in before Grayson was hurt in App State and played and played well. And Jared Guest has the arm talent. And, you know, I know I just said, you know, disparagingly about a true freshman, but we've seen what Bryce Archie can do in practice. We've seen him on the sidelines for games. He looks the part of a, of a Division One football quarterback, and he looks good doing it. And I don't think that he'll get to play this weekend. Maybe we see his first action of the season, um, but it'll be in garbage time towards the end of the game. But I have full confidence in this team and the team around Bryce Carpenter. Josh, you had something to add here. Yeah, I, I just wanted to add that I don't – obviously when we got the alert, like this was something I was on the field for that game and I was watching it. In the third quarter when he got his ankle wrapped up, it looked really bad. And we know that Grayson McCall is a competitor, and we've seen it before this season. He had an ankle injury earlier this season against um Georgia State. I don't think he ended up missing a game for it, but – I was not surprised with saying that he'd be out three to six weeks because it looked bad on the field. And him switching in and out every play was not because that's what the coaches wanted. It's because he was stubborn and didn't want to go out of the game. So with he, that's what we said. We tweeted out last week. He was playing hurt. And that's just the kind of warrior he is. And so I wasn't, I wasn't and I'm sure you guys, I was not surprised to see that because I know they, they care about having him for the Sunbelt Championship and the bowl game. And if we win this week, we clinch it. But, I mean, I wasn't surprised. So, And another thing real quick, Bryce Carpenter has gotten in every single game this year and last year. So we'll be all right. Yeah, we'll be fine. I wonder if this is a coach's decision that they looked at the schedule ahead and were like, hey, we can do this without Grayson. Like, he's got us to this point to where we're one win away from the Sunbelt Championship game, and we're probably one win away from hosting it. I mean, Troy currently only has one loss in conference, um, and so does UT, uh, excuse me, USA. Um, but, and, I mean, realistically, the, the Sunbelt Con Conference Championship game is probably going to be in Conway. You're almost guaranteed a spot. Why not let Grayson sit and have him fresh and healthy and ready for the biggest game of the season, which is that conference championship game, which might get you to a New Year's Six game if you win it. That's what's on the line here. And I think the coaching staff took that into account, and they said, listen, Grayson, I know you're stubborn, 
but you've been playing hurt and beat up and banged up and bruised all season, take a couple games. Sit down. Relax. The other news that we got, um, a little bit insider information from the SHOT Show, uh, Braden Bennett is back this week. He will be fully dressed, fully active. We got Aaron Bedgood last, last, back last week, excuse me, um, and he only had a couple carries. It almost looked like they were just kind of trying to get him up to game speed, but he looked good doing it. You're going to have your backfield back to full strength. Yes, you're losing 10, and yes, you're losing the best player in group of five, but what kind of impact does bringing Braden Bennett back and Aaron Bedgood back almost at the same time for this game, what kind of impact does that have on this team and on this offense, Jordan? I mean, it's a huge impact. I mean, we've we talked about it earlier in the season that we had we we didn't have Aaron Bedgood and we didn't have Braden Bennett back, and, you know, this was an opportunity for C.J. Beasley to go out and showcase what he could do. And I feel like C.J. Beasley has definitely took taken advantage of the time that those guys have missed and made it, you know, his own use. But now it's it's time to get one back. We need to get Brayden Bennett back. And we, if we're going to have any chance of going further into this season of winning the rest of the games and trying to win a Sunbelt championship and bringing another trophy back to the Norman Fieldhouse and, you know, going to another bowl game and winning, we're going to need Aaron Bedgood, and Braden Bennett back. Those guys were key for us in the Cure Bowl last year. Um, if people don't remember, but those guys were electric for us. If it wasn't for those two guys, we probably wouldn't have won uh, against NIU last year. But it's huge for us. We definitely need everybody back at full strength. And I feel like we were getting there, and then this news with Grayson happens. But, you know, anytime you got Braden Bennett and Aaron Bennett good on there, and then you got C.J. Beasley. And then you got Reese White. Man, we, we've we got a backfield of proportional runners. I'm telling you guys, we, we could have one of the best running games to end the season, and it could be on a high note. You know, Braden Bennett's been eager to get back out there, and he looks ready. You know, we saw him before the App State game, and he looked ready and eager to dress and be out on the field. So I can't wait to see what he does against Southern Miss. I feel like he's going to have a huge game, and I'm looking forward to it. I feel like this is going to be big for us down the stretch. Yeah, in the last three weeks, you've gone from your fourth-string running back being your starter to your fourth-string running back being your fourth-string running back again. Is that, like, do we hate C.J. Beasley and want him to be the fourth-string running back? No, not necessarily, but you have three guys with immense talent coming back. Josh, you made mention of it before the podcast started. Braden Bennett is one of the best receiving backs in the country. Like, he's essentially a wide receiver back there. You can motion him out into the slot. You can do all the crazy things that Jamie Chadwell has been known for because you have number one back. What does he mean to this team, and what does he mean to this offense, Josh? Yeah, it's it's kind of funny that Grayson is now out when Braden Bennett's coming back because this is something that not a lot of people know, but one of the like reasons that we were, we went to the Cure Bowl last year and we had media credentials, we were in that post-game press conference, and one thing that gave us hope at that time, Grayson McCall's return was very up in the air, and they're asking him about it, and a guy that he talked very highly of and mentioned a lot was, I can't wait to play with Braden Bennett as the starter. I can't wait to see what he can do. Grayson McCall was really excited about this guy, and that kind of talk gave us hope that he was going to come back. Eventually he did. 
but in it, there's a reason for it. I mean, this guy's 6'2", 200 pounds. He's bigger than that in person as well. He's had an arm injury. We got to see it, like, real up close. He got a like, metal plate in his arm. His Guess what? He don't run with his arms. He runs with his legs. His legs have been fresh. This is a guy that's been on the sideline every game this season. He's been dying. It's been killing him that he's not been able to play. So, yeah, he's fresh. There's not a lot of guys that are fresh coming in week 10. And even though we mentioned Grayson wants to play with this guy, it also what's the best thing that can happen when your quarterback gets hurt. The guy coming back that you can feed the ball to 20 times a game and it's okay also to come back. So if there was ever a time for Brandon Bennett to come back, it's now. And I expect for him to get a lot of carries right out the gate. And especially a guy that can help Bryce Carpenter this weekend get in rhythm jumping out of the backfield and a guy that can just make stuff happen as well. So it's huge. And I'm super excited to see him back. And I think that also raises our floor this weekend and the rest of the regular season. I'll say this, the offensive line play has got to step it up and in a big way. now. We're getting two of our runners back, running backs back. We got a backup quarterback and Bryce Carpenter. And we all know how Bryce Carpenter loves to run the ball. We know that. You no, know, he said he needs he that he doesn't slide. Bryce, if you're listening, buddy, please slide this week. Like, exactly. We need – the offensive line has got to be key down the stretch. No question about it. Even when Grayson comes back, he's they got to be on point because we can't allow Brayden to get hurt. We can't allow Aaron Baggood to get hurt. We definitely can't afford to have Jared Guest or Bryce Carpenter get hurt. That would be – wouldn't be good for us. Because we're already down one of our best quarterbacks. We can't be down anymore. And then, God almighty, then Bryce, Bryce Archie has to play. Oh, geez. I just don't even want to think about that. But I feel like we need – the offensive line has got to step it up and in a big way. But I feel like with Grayson being down, I feel like they will be able to step it up, hopefully. Yeah, I think that's a key point because that's where I was going to go with this next is like we know what – Bryce Carpenter is and who he is and what type of quarterback he is. They bring him in. Now, I know he threw a touchdown pass last week, but that's mostly because every time they bring him in in relief of Grayson McCall, it's to run quarterback draw or it's to run the triple option, right? And having Braden Bennett as another option in that increases the chances of that play being successful immensely. I don't think that we're going to have the downfield passing attack that we usually do with Grayson, even though that's been kind of absent from the team all season anyways. But, and, and this is not a shot at C.J. Beasley, it's not a shot at, at, at Hope or Balthazar, but having Bedgood and Bennett run that option, and Reese White too, holy shit, that makes a difference. Like, Bryce Carpenter is going to be running all over Southern Miss. All over them. Switching to the other side of the ball, this defense, and especially this defensive line and linebacking crew, has really stepped it up in, in the past couple of weeks. Um, Southern Miss runs essentially a pro-style offense. It's not, I don't want to say complicated because it is. All offenses are complicated these days. But they're not going to run something like Coastal Carolina does where they're running triple options and jet sweeps and you know tunnel screens on their wide receivers, that sort of thing. They're just not going to do that. That's not who they are. They're going to run power. They're going to run outside zone. They're going to run deep crossing routes, which is something that has killed Coastal all season is deep crossing routes. They're not good at communicating in the secondary and passing off assignments. But up front, this group has gotten a hell of a lot better. 
even from our, our you know midseason report card, we gave the defensive line nearly across the board failing grades or almost failing grades. In the last two weeks, you could say that's been one of the best position groups that we've had, especially Jared Clark. He's been a phenomenal the past couple of weeks. What are you expecting out of this defense this weekend, Josh? Yeah, it's almost like they heard our midseason report card episode because they've been completely different and they've been they haven't been quite as dominant as, as even we know they can be, but they've been effective and they've actually played a part on the game. I mean, they gave Chase Bryce hell last week. They've been they've really been stepping up and they're gonna need to again because we'll get into it. But Zach Wilkie from Southern Miss, he's not very good. I mean, eleven hundred passing yards this year, nine touchdowns, nine interceptions. Those are pretty I'm not even gonna be those are terrible stats to have nine games into the season their passing offense is terrible and the only thing they've got is it's frank gore jr who it'll be special to get to see him play knowing what legend he comes from and where he the football prowess that he grew up with but their passing game is not strong and if we get up like we said before in the defensive line if they can plug the gaps and stop the run and then they put pressure on zach wilkie Southern Miss isn't going to be able to score any points because their offense is not potent at all. So the defensive line, if they step up and play anywhere close to they did last week, then this game really shouldn't be in question. And, yeah, shout out to them, but we, we definitely need you foot on the gas this week. Yeah, they're going to have to have all gas, no breaks when it comes to playing this team because, like you said, Frank Gore Jr. is no slouch. We all know about his father and Frank Gore and, all that he's done in his in, throughout his whole entire NFL career. He comes from one of the best running backs to ever play the game, to be honest with you. Like, Frank Gore is up there. Like, Frank Gore's no slouch, so you know his son is no slouch either. I mean, he's almost at 1,000 yards. He's at 742 rushing yards this season. Defensive line has got to be the type of animal that it was when it was playing against App State and Marshall. If we can have that defensive line like it was. Gerard Clark made some huge plays in that App State game, and he was getting fired up, feeding off that crowd. Um, we definitely need to have that as well. Um, so, yeah, I think that if the defensive line can continue to keep playing like they've done the last two weeks, run game-wise, we'll be fine. Now, passing game-wise, I think we need to step it up a little bit. Um, you know, we've, we've got – I know we've got, for those that don't know, Lance Boykin was selected to make it to the Shrine Bowl. So, congratulations to him for that accomplishment. But Lance Boykin's got to step up in a big way this week, him and Jordan Strong. And um, we may need to see Jacob Prochet step up a little bit as well. Those guys played great last week. At times, the defense did get a little stagnant. We were up by 21, and App State came within seven. So we, if we can get a big lead, we need to hold on to that lead and keep it up, keep it going. I think that the passing game has got to step up for our defense. We need to stop their passing game. We can't give this quarterback for Southern Miss an opportunity to come out and surprise and make, you know, plays on us. There's no way. Like Josh said, he's got nine touchdowns, nine interceptions. This this shouldn't even be in question. I do want to jump in real quick. Um, last week, they, he actually went down with an injury. He's currently questionable, which leads me to believe they're probably not going to risk him. Um, they switched to Trey Lowe, who was their semi-starter. He was like their B option in 2020. Um, 
he's essentially the same quarterback. Like he's got very average to below average arm talent. He was originally he went to West Virginia for two years and then transferred to Southern Miss. Um, there's not much difference between them. They're both not good. But I do just want to throw that out there that if number eight is under center, like that's what's happening. He's he, like I said, their their starter for all season got injured last week and is currently listed as, as questionable. Again, there's not much difference between them, but you know, just just semantics there. But yeah, I, I'm expecting really big things from this defense. I, I think that they can contain what is a pretty terrible Southern Miss offense, and. I mean, like you guys said, Frank Gore Jr., just the name on the back of the jersey is enough to, to, to scare you a little bit, at least. Is he as talented as his father? No. But he's still damn good. And Coastal Carolina has struggled against the run all season. They they put up pretty good numbers against App State and, and the week before that, too. But after Old Dominion, my confidence in this run defense is shattered, I'll be honest. Like it's it, it it's tough to earn that back after you got beat and beat down bad all game by Old Dominion. I want to transition uh, into our predictions. Um, well, yeah, we'll go to predictions and then we'll go and, and take a look at like the national picture real quick. So, Jordan, where are you at with this game? Keeping in mind it's it's senior night. Grayson McCall is not under center, but we're also playing a. Bang average Southern Miss team. Where are you at? Give me your scoreline. Um, so I feel I I do feel confident in Bryce Carpenter. I think Bryce Carpenter is a senior, if I'm not mistaken. I believe this is his senior year. Yeah, I think this is like his thirteenth year on the team. Yeah, so I think he's done. My God, he's turning thirty this year. So good Lord. Well, happy thirtieth birthday, Bryce Carpenter. I mean, but. Oh, man, no, I feel confident. I really feel like he's going to come in here and he's going to do some great things, man. I mean, he's waited his opportunity. Like you guys said, he was a starter at one point. He's played some, but now he's got the full green light to be quarterback. So I think he's going to come out and play really great. You know, Jared Brown's gotten a lot of a lot of hype at the last Thursday night. Um, and, you know, I feel like this offense is going to step up in a big way in Grayson's absence. And, I got, and of course, Brandon Bennett coming back as well. So I, I say that the, the shots are going to take this game. It's senior night. I think we're going to win, I'll say, 35-23 shots over uh, Southern Miss. I just feel like the defense is going to step up in the fourth quarter. I feel like we have to win by double digits just because of the quarterbacks that they have. They're not very good. I feel like we will sustain Frank Gore Jr. I think that we'll hold Frank Gore Jr., to under 100 yards rushing. I think it'll be the third consecutive week this rush defense holds another running back down to under 100 yards. And I think the shots are going to roll to a 9-1 record and uh, we'll get the head up to Charlottesville with a lot of confidence without Grayson. Yeah, I do want to interject real quick before we get to your prediction, Josh. Uh, the current betting line has Coastal as five-point favorites. I'm sure that would be a lot more if Grayson was under center, um, but it's still a pretty sizable number. You're looking at almost a full score there. Uh, and the over-under set at 48.5. Yeah, I do want to say that it, it, earlier this week, before anybody, especially Vegas, because Coastal keeps it knit tight, before anybody knew that Grayson was out, Coastal was eight and a half point favorites. That's what this line opened at. And the over-under was four points higher as well as like 52 and a half. But I like where that line's at now at 48. I think Coastal's going to win 28 to 20. I think it's kind of comfortable. 
with Southern Miss maybe scoring a late touchdown or something. But I don't think it's super pretty. But I think they do enough to get the job done. And you get out of that game and you're like, okay, well, we clinched some belt championship appearance and we're going to take care of business. But I don't necessarily think we'll win by double digits or something. But I do think we cover the five. And I think we do enough to get it done, especially with Bryce Carpenter. I think this team always does something like this. They get the ball like six minutes left. And then they run a six-minute drive that ends at like the 10-yard line of Southern Miss. And they take knees. So they don't pad the scorebook. But, yeah, 28-20, I think we get it done. And that's all it is. Yeah, I think that's that's about right. I, I don't think the Coastal Carolina is going to tromp like trample over Southern Miss. I don't think that this game is a blowout in any sense of the word. I think our run game has failed to establish itself, and I know we've got a really good running back coming back, but it's tough to look at the body of work this season has put uh, that this team has put out this season. Excuse me, and say that you know with a running quarterback in, let's not confuse what Bryce Carpenter is that's what he is that we're going to be able to, to to control the game on the ground I think there will be some struggles I think there'll be some frustrations but I don't think that there'll be any panic um I'm gonna go along the same lines you are Josh I'm gonna give us a little bit more of a, a margin of victory I'm gonna go 28 17 um I, I think I think we get it done I like I said it, it's gonna be nervous for like maybe the first quarter and then it turns into frustration rather than panic like that's all it is um, I said I wanted to transition into the national a little bit. The newest set of college uh, football playoff rankings came out. Uh, Coastal Carolina is one of the very few teams in the country that have one loss, and they're still not ranked. Now I get it, our schedule's been Dougie Doo-Doo, but a team like Tulane has one loss, and it's actually to the team that we're playing this weekend, and they're at 17. And a team like UCF has two losses. And they're in the group of five, too. And they're in the late 20s. I think, are they 23 or 22, something like that? Um, What do you think is driving the disrespect for Coastal? Is it how badly we played for the first couple of weeks that people just still don't believe in us? Do you think it's just bias against the group of five? Or do you think that they're fairly ranked? Yeah, I definitely think we should be ranked like maybe not in my head. I'm not like we're a top 25 team, but when I look at the teams that are in that 20 to 25 range, I'm definitely like, we should be ahead of at least a few of those. I don't think Florida, I think we should be ahead of Florida state UCF. I think it'd be a toss up if we played them. Um, Notre Dame is the one that really irks me because obviously we know why they're ranked. literally just because it's Notre Dame, but they lost to Marshall who we beat, and we only showed up for one quarter of that game. At home. They lost at home to Marshall, and we beat Marshall in West Virginia. Yeah, and they have two more losses than us. Like, that's really where I can just leave it, is is Marshall beating Notre Dame. And Notre Dame happens to be 20th with three losses. That's ridiculous to me. Uh, I just don't know it. Why, yeah, why is Tulane getting mashed? 17th is, is very high for a group of five team in the college football playoff poll. No team's gotten that high since Cincinnati because at one point we were the highest ever and we were like 14. So I don't know. It's weird that they're giving them. And if we beat Southern Miss, then we, they don't really have a claim to stack up against us either. So yeah, I think people looked at that old Dominion game. And after that, after how we were playing, they wrote us off and they said, we, they won't be eight and one. We won't have to worry or even think about them the rest of the season. So save your guys some time and don't even research Coastal the rest of the season. I think it had to have been something like that. Yeah, I'm just 
I'm kind of – I feel like maybe we're not getting the respect we deserve. Like you said, Curtis, probably because of the way we started out the season. Um, you know, that Gardner-Webb game, that's probably what a lot of the voters are looking at. You know, we almost losing to Gardner-Webb. But I feel like, in all honesty, we've actually bounced back in a big way. And I, I do understand that we have – we did take that loss to homecoming to Old Dominion. But these last two weeks, I mean – we weren't projected to win against Marshall. We weren't projected to beat App State. These were teams that nobody thought we were going to beat, and we and this team has come out of the gate hot on each of these teams. So I feel like we should be ranked. I feel like the disrespect is real. Um, I feel like we're one of the best teams out of Group of Five to not be ranked, and we sh- we deserve to be ranked right now. I think if we hadn't lost the Old Dominion, no question about it, we would probably be ranked right now. Probably in the spotlight where Tulane is right now. But we, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but we just we gotta we gotta just keep playing our, our brand of football. And you know, we were getting votes in the AP top twenty five uh votes. We got some this past week. So you just never know if we can take care of business against Southern Miss. You, you never know. Next week, we could possibly be right. Because at the end of the day, they can't ignore a, a one-loss team. They can't ignore that. And I feel like, you know, we keep handling business. We're going to eventually get ranked. And we'll we'll be able to say we're ranked this year. And hopefully, we can just keep winning more games. But we'll get there eventually. We just got to keep playing our brand of football, and we'll get there. Real quick before you go, Curtis, uh, after a quick look through, we are the only one-loss team in the entire country that's not ranked in any poll. We're actually the only one-loss team in the country that's not ranked in all three polls. So that's something very notable. Yeah, and that's just insane. I mean, listen, I know I'm biased. I know I'm a Coastal fan, but 8-1 and one means something. Yes, it's eight wins against probably bad teams, and it's one loss to a bad team. But, like, you can't ignore the body of work. If UMass goes 12-0 and next season, they deserve to be in the New Year's Six Bowls. I know they're terrible. I know that their schedule's going to be awful. But, like, the, the committee needs to stop the bullshit. They need to stop. Oh, well, Alabama was in the playoff every year except for one. Who gives a shit? Like, it's the same problem that you've had with, with the basketball selection committee where they look at previous experience. Who cares? Enough. Right? Like, I, I know we're not on Alabama's level. I know we're not on Clemson's level. I know we're not on Ohio State's level. But holy shit. Like, what else do you have to do? I mean, at the very least, they could have thrown us a bone and put us at 25. Like, that's the thing that I don't understand. And... You know, going back to your Notre Dame thing, the committee, more than anything else, values head-to-head. And I know it's not necessarily head-to-head, but we talked about it. Notre Dame lost to Marshall at home, and we beat Marshall at their home. We have two less losses than Notre Dame. Why are we not ranked? And Notre Dame is. I know that the, you know, the, the communicative property, you know, if A is equal to C, 
then and A is equal to B, then B has to be equal to C, right? I know that doesn't necessarily apply to college football because you can do insane math like that and figure out that like St. Thomas in Division Three is the best team in college football. <laughs> like I always love that at the end of the season where they have this long chain of like St. Thomas beat St. Baths and St. Baths beat blah blah whatever, right? And it leads to like you know somebody lost to to Tennessee, and. It sucks that Coastal keeps getting disrespected like this, and they don't deserve to be. Do I think Coastal's the best team in the country? No. Are they one of the top 25? For sure. 8-1 shows that. You don't go 8-1 without being a good team. And I think the worst thing that happened to Coastal this season, outside of losing Grayson McCall in the App State game, outside of that injury, the worst thing that happened to this program was at about... 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter of the Gardner-Webb game, ESPN sent out a national alert. So everyone who had alerts on for college football in the entire country got an alert. Hey, Gardner-Webb's about to beat Coastal Carolina. Can they hold on for the win? Like, upset alert. That was the mindset, and that's what everybody still has in their head is that alert. But, oh, shit, they were losing to Gardner-Webb in the fourth quarter. And I think that's one of the worst things that has happened to Coastal Carolina in years, and definitely one of the worst things that's happened this season outside of losing 10. And and it sucks that that's still the national thinking. We talked a lot after the Old Dominion game that we hoped that it was the wake-up call this team needed, and it proved that it was. This team is completely different post-Old Dominion. I'm excited for what this team can do, but the disrespect is real. Yeah, and, you know, you bring that up and, you know, we're one, we've won 30 games in three years. We're 30 and four currently over three years, fam, and the season's not even over yet. Like, not a lot of programs can say that they've gone 30 and four over three years. You know, it, it's, it's, it's baffling to me and it, it, it makes me scratch my head and wonder, like, what else, like you said, do we have to do? We're one, we only have one loss and, you know, the thing that got me was Texas was ranked, and Texas has lost three three games. You know, Texas is not back. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but they are not back. Texas doesn't deserve to be ranked. Uh, I, I put a tweet out. If, if everybody's wondering who put that tweet out about the us being ranked, it was me. I, I felt like Washington doesn't deserve it. I don't think Kentucky deserves it. I don't – you know, Notre Dame definitely doesn't deserve it. Um, and Texas doesn't deserve it. You know, I've, there's three and two lost teams that are in the poll that don't deserve – I feel like don't deserve it. And I feel like the guys here don't deserve to be in it either. So it's it's ridiculous. But, you know, Coach Shadwell put a, a, a quote out saying that he hasn't talked to the guys about it. But, you know, they're, they're watching it. The players and the coaches both are watching it. And, you know, they just got to keep doing what they're doing. And I think eventually we will get the respect that we deserve. Hopefully this week there's a bunch of upsets. Maybe all four of those three lost teams lose. And, you know, maybe that's an opportunity in the window for us to get into the top 25 next week. So we'll have to wait and see next Tuesday when the CFP polls out. Yeah, I mean, UCF and Tulane play this weekend. So one of those two teams is going to lose. Fingers crossed it's Tulane because that's the best bet for Coastal to end up in the Cotton Bowl. But, like... One of those teams is going to go down, but I wanted to real quick before we get out of here, um, and this is this is me getting up on my soapbox, and I know Mario's not here to defend Notre Dame, but 
I am sick and tired of people putting so much weight in the preseason poll that now, 10 weeks into the season, it's still making a difference. Notre Dame is only ranked because they came into this season like number 7 in the AP poll. Who gives a fuck what's on that preseason poll? Every year Notre Dame's ranked in the top 10, and every year they fail, and they suck. Texas, every year, oh, they're back. They're back. They're preseason top 15. Horns down. They suck. But they're ranked again because they managed to put together a decent season. They didn't fall apart completely like Texas A&M. Like, congratulations. But teams like Cincinnati, teams like Coastal Carolina, teams like Tulsa a couple years ago, teams like Northern Illinois a decade ago, like, they get disrespected because they weren't ranked. Yeah, UTSA's one. UTSA's a great example of, well, they were like 90th in the preseason poll, so, you know, they're not good. What the fuck do you mean they're not good? They beat damn near everybody you put on them in front of them. Like, that's all you can do, but... Yeah, I know, that's the, I'm, I'll jump off my soapbox there and just say that, that the, the preseason poll exists only for ESPN to have something to talk about for the three weeks leading into the season, and it impacts the rest of the season for no good reason. Like, the preseason poll should just go away. Realistically, there doesn't need to be rankings until, like, six weeks into the season. And then you actually know. But ESPN needs to market that Alabama is playing Texas, and it's number one versus number 11, or whatever. And uh, we saw now that Texas is definitely not the 11th best team in the country, and Alabama is definitely not the first. So, you know, whatever. But, yeah, again, I'll, I'll step off my soapbox there, and uh, we'll go ahead. We'll wrap this one up. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Again, uh, share this with your, with your friends. Share this with uh, fellow fans. You're going to the game. Um, you know, put it on. Let people know what you're listening to. Uh, play it on the trolley as you're coming in from the HTC parking lot, and, and, you know, play it out loud. Let people know what you're listening to. But uh, we appreciate it. As always, follow us on Twitter at The Shant Show, on Instagram at Shant Show. We'll have a new batch of merch coming here soon. Um, I know we've promised... I know we uh, we promised a basketball season preview. We're still working on that. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I really needed to see this team play a couple of games because basically no one from last year's season is back. So it's tough to do a, pre- <laughs> a season preview when we literally don't know who's on the team. Like, it's crazy. So that will be coming shortly. Um, but, yeah, tune in for that, and uh, we'll see you real soon. All App State women are toothless. Shots up.